Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Through Nick and Thin. The podcast where we watch every Nicolas Cage movie in chronological order so that you don't have to. I'm your host. My name is Steve. Joining me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Hannah. Hannah, how are you doing this week? I was yawning, so Steve said to slap myself in the face, and I was a little overzealous, and my face hurts now. Your face hurts? It's killing you. Damn it. <laughs> I really thought I could get that on air. Wow. What a what a treat that would have been. Yeah, Hannah punch monkeyed Who herself right I in am? the face. <laughs> punch monkey. I tried to segue, what but a that's segue. okay. So this week, we watched a movie containing punch monkeys. I don't remember if they were in the first one or not, but it's I don't think they were. The Croods, A New Age. Uh, so it's The Croods 2, and very briefly, The Crude family is back this time. They're back. They run in into... In case anyone cared. They run into <laughs> <laughs> the Bettermans, who are... Better men than upright. they are. Homo sapien, Homo erectus folk, as opposed to the Neanderthal type that uh, Nick Cage and his family are. So there is, of course, some headbutting that happens there, and some punching uh, as well as I referred to. I'm not doing a great job of explaining it. We're gonna go through it, Nick Cage scene by Nick Cage scene soon. Before we do that, Hannah's gonna give us some background information. Hannah, I feel like I'm speaking very fast this week. Do you have anything else you want to add before you get into the background info? No, I just, I mean, this is probably something that we should dive into once we start talking about the plot or even like at the end of the segment, but Mm -hmm. I just keep thinking about it and it's like, do little kids like Neanderthals? I I don't know. This movie did really well. Like the first movie did critically quite well. Mm -hmm. I don't, well, I don't know if critically quite well, but Mm -hmm. it did well in the box office. Sure. Kids like it, I guess. I I just don't, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I get what you mean, where it's kind of like, is this something that kids like? There are other movies, probably, that are examples of that. Like, like Astro Boy was a good example of that. Like, who was that movie for? Like, kids don't love Astro Boy. You know what I mean? Uh, Or the Ant Bully. And then the Ant Bully was 10 years after A Bug's Life. I guess kids like talking animals. Yeah, and there aren't, well, I guess there's one talking animal in this movie, or two talking animals, I guess, technically, in this movie. But yeah, there there's, it's a lot of bright colors, I think. And I think mm-hmm. this one, more so than the first one, does a better job of gearing it towards kids. Yeah, there's more stupid humor. Yes. There, you're right, there are brighter colors. There's mm-hmm. more, like, visually appealing things happening. I mean, I think the reason that that wasn't in the last movie in more of like a philosophical sense of the word is that the crudes were really in a cave in the dark. Yeah. And it took them the majority of the movie to be enlightened and see the colors. And then now that they are moderately enlightened because they met Ryan Reynolds character in the first movie that there's more colors in, in the second yeah, that's also, just a part of their lives now. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the animators likely were cognizant of that, and they just amped up the color yeah. a lot in this movie. I don't know. That was like the only thing I cared about was the color, or yeah, the or color. the or the who is this for aspect of this movie. I don't know, Steve. 
Okay, you good? You good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. (laughs) These animated ones just kill me. You do not love animated movies. No. Unless they're about talking animals. But these have humans in it, so you I think I just like Pixar movies. I don't know. Although I like DreamWorks. This is DreamWorks. This is DreamWorks. I like Shrek. Sure. Everybody loves Shrek. Who doesn't love Shrek? If you don't love bad, Shrek, bad people. write in. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to know, actually. If yeah. you don't love Shrek, don't tell me. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'll think very differently of you. You're probably a I murderer. think very highly of all of our listeners. So of course. If I were to hear that one of, them, one of them doesn't like Shrek, I don't know. <laughs> that was a, a previous podcast idea of mine, not to talk about Shrek, but to talk to people who mm. hate universally loved movies. And just like sort a of hot take. Yeah, like I want I want to hear people's movie hot takes. Interesting. Well, this podcast, I don't want to say it's almost over because this man will never stop. No. But we are going to catch up relatively soon. We're in mm-hmm. the year 2020. Mm-hmm. I'll get into the behind the scenes stuff here. Please. Um, so the Crude's the New Age came out in 2020. It had a seven out of ten on IMDb and a seventy-seven percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. I believe that the first one had a slightly higher IMDb score and a slightly lower Rotten Tomatoes score. I think you're right. Yeah, I think it was like seven point one and then a seventy-three or something like that. Yep, almost, almost exactly. I have seventy-two and seven point two on my spreadsheet, okay. so it might be slightly different now, and you know, with new ratings. I didn't look. That was nah, just off either. the top of my head. Whoa, good memory. Thank you. Yeah. Well, we looked when we watched the movie. You it? looked. I, I looked. Look. Oh. Right before we watched the movie oh. two days ago. Yeah. <laughs> I have a memory. I have a memory, and sure my memory tells me that I didn't. I don't. I don't. I didn't remember this. I just read this a few moments moments ago. Uh-huh. The budget for this movie was sixty five million dollars, mm. and it made a whopping two hundred and fifteen point nine million dollars at the box office. I mean, it definitely made its money back. They'll probably make a third. I don't know if you have information on that. I did not read that anywhere. Okay, so I w- I wouldn't unclear. be surprised if they did. This movie took seven point five years. For it to be released after the first movie, mm. it originally was picked up, I think, right after the first one came out. They decided they were going to start production for the sequel. Okay. And they had planned to start production in 2016. And then there were some like production debates, like companies were being acquired. I think Comcast was acquiring uh, DreamWorks at the time. Ah, uh, okay. Um, so then Universal Studios picked it up. And then it kind of went nowhere. And then in 2017, the production picked back up with mm. an original release date to be October 2020. And it was ah. released in November 2020. So mm. it really didn't like get pushed back a, a terrible amount. Yeah. Um, and then a little later on in production, they thought that they wanted to release it December 25th, 2020 for it to be a Christmas movie. Sure. And then Wonder Woman... Uh, 1984 was supposed to be released i think in october and they pushed it to christmas yeah and at least the crudes two folks had the wherewithal to recognize that they wouldn't be able to compete Mm -hmm. on christmas day with wonder woman when there's not a lot of movies that are going to come out because coronavirus right so they pushed it to thanksgiving day weekend okay and it did really well yeah it made the most money until i guess other movies came out after it 
in the year. But up until the point that it came out, mm-hmm. I believe it made the most money of all the movies. Yeah, I mean, obviously, 2020 was not a great year for movies, especially in the theaters. And I remember hearing, like, weekly box office take. Here's the top 10 at the box office. And for months, even into 2021, even until, like, recently, yeah. the crude's A New Age it was in the top 10. It, like, it just m- making money. It crushed. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Apparently, DreamWorks does this a lot, where if they have a sequel... It's rarely the original director from the first movie oh, that they okay. hire a new director. That is so interesting. when they were going to produce this in 2016, the original director crew, it was Chris Sanders and some other guy, previous directors, I, I, I okay. looked up too much about them. They were going to be working on the movie. And then when they decided to stop production and then mm. when they like were ready to restart production... They hired a new director, Joel Crawford, and it was actually his film directorial debut. Wow. He's a story artist for oh. a lot of uh, animated films, a lot yeah. of big animated films, too. Yeah. Like, I've heard of most of the ones that he had in his repertoire. Um, and like, he's... Like what? Any examples? Mm, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I didn't write any of them down. <laughs> you can't tease something like that and then, and then not say what, what he did. <sighs> Kung Fu Panda. Oh, yeah, okay. Kung Fu Panda 2. Yeah. Kung Fu Panda 3. Whoa. Shrek Forever After. Great. Steve's favorite movie, The Bee Movie. Oh, my God. That's and a the story. Lego Movie 2. Okay. And some other things. Great. That you don't need to know about. I don't? Okay. No, you don't. Okay. You, don't you don't get to know. Uh-huh. It's just for me and my brain only. Sure. And he is... I guess he impressed uh, the gamut and and the uh, whatever the higher ups at DreamWorks enough that they hired him to direct a new Puss in Boots movie that is in post production. Oh, okay. Well, so that's a thing. Yeah, I mean, from a directorial standpoint, I think I think he did a good job. Yeah, and I, and again, I think this movie's it's that's probably the biggest difference between this movie and the first movie is that I think this movie was probably directed better. I just think the storyline was better. It was more interesting. Yeah. Than, yeah. Because they didn't have to wait so long to get into it. You didn't need sure. any backstory. You yeah. Know, you could just dive right in. Yeah. And I imagine it's very difficult to direct an animated movie. But I guess, you know, if, if you've been working in the art department for some of these like big names, yeah. then you've seen how the sausage seen... is made. Yeah. 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 Um, no, never mind. I was going to say there's another like work term. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. You're losing your words, Ed. Yeah. There's I'm tired. There's, uh-huh. you know, like those clichés at work, like how the sausage gets made. Right. Like third leg of the stool, like low-hanging fruit. Yeah, my least favorite is cash cow. A cash cow. I like I like circle back. Let's circle back to this. Ugh. I mean, those are those are like super cliches, but yeah. I mean, of all of the relative cliches, mm. I think Cash Cow is the most annoying one. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> most of the editing and production for this movie was done in a work from home capacity because in sense. March 2020. The... Oh, what happened? Did something happen in March 2020? Yeah. So there was this crazy virus. Oh, shit. Where was I? <laughs> Watching Nick Cage movies. Watching Nick Cage movies. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, 
pretty impressive that they were able to do all that in a work from home totally. capacity. Totally. Yeah, and I mean the the same could be said I think about uh I I think the big the big take home from 2020 and I don't know if it came out in 2020 or early 2021 was Soul. That yeah, one was 2020. Enough. So yeah. this was up against it for awards and obviously soul one right because it won best soul uh, animated mm-hmm. very good and this was very mediocre <laughs> <laughs> let's uh dive into some nick cage facts please this is his first animated sequel well not until they come out with the ant bully 2 which i'm sure they will no they will <laughs> they're not going to do that um this is his third official sequel he had National Treasure, Book of Secrets. He had Ghost Rider, Spirit of Vengeance. Mm. And then he had The Crude's A New Age. And then I like to count the movie that he played the Deadfall character in. Arsenal? Yeah. So Arsenal is a spiritual sequel to Deadfall. Mm-hmm. 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 Not an official sequel. Right. He plays the same character. a spiritual sequel. Yeah. So third, maybe fourth sequel. Sure. Depending like on it. what you want to count. I love it. In the year 2020, in January, in fact... Nick Cage was first seen with new girlfriend Rico Shibata. Hmm. She and he were together in New Orleans visiting his pyramid tomb that he bought for himself in 2010. <laughs> for a split second there, I had forgotten that he had purchased himself a tomb in he... the shape of a pyramid, and I thought you were going to say he he was visiting his pyramid scheme. <laughs> no, but you would think See, that's how he lost all of his money. See, what you got to do is I'm going to sell to the three of you, and then the three of you are going to sell to three more people, and then those three are going to sell to three more. What do you think... If Nick Cage were in a pyramid scheme, what do you think he'd be selling? He'd be involved with, like... Like animals. <laughs> he'd just sell <laughs> animals. But it would... it might Maybe it would be, like, an animal product. Like, yeah, this alligator skin is really good <laughs> for your digestive tract. What? Like, literally snake oil. Like, he's a snake oil pyramid schemer. But then watch out all the essential oil pyramid schemes. Snake oil is the next big thing. Yeah. And Nick Cage is, is going to be at the height, yeah. at the top of the pyramid. Yeah. Well, that's that, so funny. That's, 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 that's a, <laughs> speaking of phrases, I didn't just come up with snake oil off the top of my head. That's like a, a phrase like for a sleazy salesman as a snake oil salesman. I've never heard that yeah. before. But that totally sounds like something that Nick Cage would sell. Yeah, it's snake it's, oil. It's snake oil. Trust me, it works. I dab it on my face every night, and it gives me these beautiful pockmarks. <laughs> and I'm a Hollywood actor, so you got to. I mean, three his more. beard is really lush these days. It is, it is coming in nice. So maybe he's been rubbing it with the snake, snake oil. oil. Yeah, yeah. So that's what Nick's up to. He's got a pyramid scheme in 2020, selling snake oil. <laughs> he does he's not dating, actually. You know, he does not have that. We just made that up. He's dating Rico. Um, they were, again, seen in public in New York City in March 2020, and then you know what happened. Yep. Rico moved back to Kyoto, Japan, where she was from, to spend mm. with her family. Nick, uh, in case you were wondering, Nick quarantined yeah, where did he spend his in Nevada. Oh, okay. It, I'm sure where there were no rules. <laughs> <laughs> well, not for him. <laughs> or anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty sure that everything was still open. Yeah. Um, Hi, yes, this is Nicolas Cage. Can <laughs> can I come to the casino, please? I'll wear a mask. Um, yeah, so so he and Rico did not spend much time in 2020 together, wow. but they spent a lot of time in 2021 together, and we'll get to that when we get to that. Mm. 
Uh, fun fact, Nick's other brother that we don't ever talk about. So he has Chris. He has a brother named Mark. Oh, okay. He has a radio show, Q104.3 New York. Is he Mark Coppola or Mark Cage? Mark Coppola. Oh, okay. So Nick went on his radio show in either 2020 or 2021, and that's um, where the world found out that he spent most of his uh, quarantine apart from his new girlfriend. Interesting. Okay. Um, that it, is all I have for it, today. It's also interesting with the last name Coppola or even Cage that you would name someone Mark because then you're forced to pronounce it Mark Cage, you know, like, or Mark Cage or Mark Coppola or, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, Nick, it's almost like it's one word or Nick like Nicopola. Yeah. Or Nick Cage. Well, that's like a nickname in a, in a name he's given himself. Nick Coppola. Because he's Nicholas Cage or Nicholas Coppola. I mean, Mark could be a Marcus. I don't know. Oh, he could be a Marcus. I forgot that Marcus was a name that existed for It a is moment. a name that exists. Okay. It's probably not his name. Mm, but yeah. you never know. You never know. We'll never He's M-A-R-C him. Coppola. Oh. Hmm. Which, which could be a abbreviated Marcus. That's true. All right, you know what? Or Markeith. Markeith. Or Marquise. Marquise. Or Marco. Could be Marco because they're Italian. It's probably Marco. It's probably Marco. Well, we solved it. We just solved a riddle right Marco before Cope. your very ears. Marco Cope. Copes. Marco Copes. That's what they called him in college. <laughs> <laughs> so the Crudes too. <laughs> so the Crudes too. Are we ready to go through this movie Nick Cage scene by Nick Cage scene? Sounds sounds like a plan. Fantastic. <laughs> so the movie starts with the Crudes riding their big death cat that they were able to tame at the end of the first movie. It's basically just a giant saber-toothed tiger that's like also green or something. And so the usual band of suspects is there. You've got Nicolas Cage as Grug. Grug. You've got Catherine Keener as, as his wife Ugga. Ugga. You've got Cloris Leachman. Uh, Leachman as the grandmother figure. Granny. Uh, you've got Clark Emma Duke Stone. Oh. as the son. You've got a feral daughter <laughs> who yeah. I don't think is a famous person. And then and you've got Emma Stone. Emma Stone as the older daughter. Eep. Eep. And then her boyfriend, that was the whole conflict in the first movie, which is uh, Ryan, Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds named Guy. So I wrote down in this scene that this scene is all just the movie telling the audience, get it, get it, because husbands and wives always fight about directions because they're riding this cat and Nick Cage is like, oh no, Kangadillos. And it's like, why did you take the canyon? You never should. I told you not to take the canyon. Oh, but if we take the canyon, then we're going to avoid the cacodillos. Okay, but like, to be fair, I've heard my parents have that exact argument. Exactly, <laughs> but I've also seen it in like every single movie that we're, they're trying to establish a family dynamic where they're like, get it? Art imitates life, Steve. I don't know what to tell I, you. I guess so. And then I wrote, and then I also wrote, get it? Because dads are always jealous because their daughter, when their daughter finds someone new, because, you know, he's Hell like, yeah. I'll save you. Or I'm sorry, Nick Cage is like, I'll save you, ape. And then here comes Ryan Reynolds swooping in. And it's like, oh my God, no, he's feeling left out. Mm-hmm. It's very obvious. The storyline is sort of obvious. It's a kid's movie. I feel like we've switched roles suddenly because 
I was defending it as a kid's movie a mere moments ago, and you were like, fine, okay, was this, and you were reading the facts about it, and now we've switched. All right, well, let's get on with it. Jesus. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> so the family escapes the Cancadillos. They create camp for a night, and Nick Cage might as well just scream every line. It's, Guy and Eve, don't call me that. Do their jobs and start the fire. Now you come on, man. I'm going to chill you I think the best one is the you, you come, come on. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. That's a classic Nick. That, yeah, because. That delivery. Yeah, because Ryan Reynolds like, come on, man. And it's, no, you come on, man. Man. Uh, so they form what they call a sleep pile where they all pile up and, and they get lost in the pile and Nick Cage and, and Ryan, no, I'm sorry, Nick Cage, Ryan Reynolds and Emma Stone all get smushed with their faces nearby, but Nick Cage is asleep. Physics wise, not sure how that works. Doesn't make any sense, but it's okay. (laughs) So Nick Cage is asleep while Ryan Reynolds and Emma Stone get engaged essentially the equivalent of engaged in caveman era uh and nick cage wakes up and he's like oh no so that's another part of this they movie, talk I about guess. like leaving the pack y- yes exactly informing their own pack right yeah and nick's yeah. like uh-uh not gonna have any of that right right so if you recall from the first movie ryan reynolds wants to find a place called tomorrow because when his parents died they said follow the light until tomorrow so he was looking for a place called tomorrow so they find through this large wall that they bust right through Mm -hmm. this luscious overgrown oasis and garden and they call it their tomorrow yeah and and then goes a scene of just all of these cavemen going absolutely nuts because they haven't eaten in weeks and they're just eating everything. And I actually thought that this scene was, was kind of funny. funny. Yeah, yeah, where they're like they shoving food into each other's you mouths. You know, in SpongeBob, when they become like Neanderthal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They looked like them. Yeah, like more so than they already do. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, also, Steve. Yes. You're my tomorrow. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. That's like the whole point of the movie. It's like, oh, well, maybe tomorrow isn't a place, and it's actually a person. A feeling. Yeah. Maybe family isn't isn't a, a, a house, but it's. A the home. people who make it a home. It's like, blah. It's a kid's movie, Han. <laughs> so as Nick Cage discovers, he's the one who discovers this tomorrow. And as he's introducing it to people, he's giving this long speech. And they just keep going like, Dad, come on. We want to eat. We want to eat. And so during his speech, he screams. Here, right here. All your needs will be met. I'm hungry. In a minute. And it's like a real solid scream. So just keep that in mind for future. He screamed. I think he screamed more in this movie than he did in the previous. Uh, Yeah, he basically screams every line in this movie. (laughs) It's awesome. Yeah. So Nick Cage, we also discover in this scene, is obsessed with bananas. He had a banana when he was young, and he has not had one since. And he loves bananas. He's been chasing that feeling ever since. He's been chasing that feeling. Just (laughs) He barely loves his wife anymore. All he's obsessed with is bananas. It's what he's He's living. It's truly all he's living for. Gotta get it directly into his veins. So as he's reaching for a banana, he's very excited. He stumbles across these bananas. A, A trap springs, and the entire family is caught in this net. And who comes out of nowhere but the Bettermans that I referenced earlier. They are upright, non-cave people. And uh, they're voiced by Peter Dinklage and Leslie Mann. 
and an absolute delight in this movie, who is Kelly Marie Tran, who plays the daughter. Just phenomenal voice voice acting. She was so good. Uh, you know, you get what you expect from Peter Dinklage, and and I thought Leslie Mann may may have been a little bit better than Dinklage, but Kelly Marie Tran was like, whoa, this she's born to be a voice actor. This yeah. was incredible. I really enjoyed her character. Yeah, she was great. So they meet the Bettermans. Uh, so obviously, Kelly Marie Tran's character goes. I didn't. Maybe not obviously, but Guy's family knew the Bettermans growing up, and so when he was you know, had to find his own new home. He stumbled across the Croods, but really he was looking to find the Betterman so that he could live with them. The Betterman's daughter, Kelly Marie Tran, is about Guy's age, so they get very excited. And of course there's conflict between the cavewoman Eep and Kelly Marie Tran's character Dawn, I think. Yeah, I mean, there's not, I wouldn't say there's conflict between them. I think the, it's yeah. more jealousy from Emma Stone's perspective yeah. i don't think that kelly marie tran is jealous of emma stone i think she's just excited that there's another teenage girl there and just wants a new friend and doesn't think anything of the fact that emma stone is in a romantic like romantically tied to to uh, ryan reynolds right and i think more of that conflict comes from the parents so we find out very soon that the Betterman's plan is to kick out the crudes of their nice lush village and keep Ryan Reynolds so that he can marry Dawn and they can start their own civilization, I guess, here. Yeah. Uh, so they do all these passive aggressive things to try to get rid of the crudes throughout the course of the movie. Um, they are in their beautiful place. And, you know, in the first movie, Ryan Reynolds is all like, Oh, I've got these new and crazy ideas and look at how look at how I can do this and that and they've just basically got elevators and shit in this movie. It's yeah. like they're way more advanced than anything we saw in the first movie. So there's another get it moment where Clark Duke, Clark from the office sees a window for the first time and he's blown away that he can see the outdoors even though he's inside and it's like get it cuz teenage boys love it's television. Like a television. And he's like, it's so funny. So they all get their own rooms, although everybody's so thrown off about like, what is a room? Why aren't we in a sleep pile? I don't understand. I think it's weird that Nick Cage and his wife are given separate rooms. Yeah. I mean, I guess they didn't know back then. What do you mean? (laughs) They didn't know that husbands and wives could sleep in the same room. I I mean, I assume the Bettermen sleep in the same room. Yeah, we didn't see it. I don't know. I don't know. These, mm. what do you mean back then? <laughs> These are fictional characters. And it might as well be, on, it is on a different planet because the creatures oh, the don't animals exist on and the Earth. plants yeah. and fruit that yeah. they eat is Except bananas. Crazy. Yeah, with the exception of a banana. <laughs> so Nick Cage decides to take a break from, you know, being sort of outshined by the Bettermans and goes for a walk with his son, Clark. And also to get him away with, from the from the window TV, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. And who stumbles across, across the two of them but Dinklage. And he's sort of forced to take a ride with Peter Dinklage to Dinklage's man cave, which is just basically a sauna in uh, behind a waterfall, where Dinklage influences Nick Cage that... They should leave, but leave Guy behind, essentially. Yeah. Because he kind of, like, gets him drunk, almost. Or high, or, I don't like, know. Because like, it's so hot. To. Yeah, he's like, oh, my God, it's so hot. I can't even think straight. And he screams. Yeah. 
So that's the plan. The plan is they're going to leave because they're happier on the road, even though they're not really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you really fucking hated this movie. No, it was fine. I liked it better than the first one. Yeah. So next comes the dinner scene. They're all having dinner later that night. And Kelly Marie Tran and Emma Stone come back from their night out or their day out where they take the the giant cat out because Kelly Marie Tran's never been past the walls. And so she never had a scar. <laughs> they, they take the car for a joy ride. Get it? Because teenage daughters are going to be rebellious. And then she comes back and she's got this big bee sting that like blows up her hand and makes her act drunk, which I thought was really charming. But then I look back and I'm like, well, the that's like that's like this timeline's equivalent of drunk driving essentially yeah, and they're but just she like, wasn't driving she wasn't driving i guess yeah <laughs> she was a passenger yeah and emma stone was the dd yeah <laughs> so anyway the parents see that and the crudes want to stay but dinklage forces them out and they're all screaming at one another and somebody asks why did you make a deal with dinklage and nick cage goes it was So that's a good... I was naked. Yeah. So because Nick Cage is so upset that that he forced him into this deal, Nick Cage decides, you know what? Screw it. He's got all these bananas stocked up for no reason. I'm going to eat every single one of these damn bananas. Yeah. Do we mention yet that that's like the one rule? I might not have mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah. So Nick is obsessed with bananas and he sees, you know, a bunch of bananas and Dinklage is like, okay, one rule here, we don't eat the bananas. And he's like, I don't know why. Yeah, like, there's never an explanation. Make any sense. Yeah. So I wrote it now down he's several like, times. well, yeah. I'm 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 gonna take the one thing that this man loves and it's his bananas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he eats all of all of the stockpiled bananas. Yes. And what we find is that one of the reasons <laughs> they so obscure. They built the walls was to keep a creature out, a big monster. They give bananas as a sacrifice to this giant monster that comes to their walls every it's night. It's like a big gorilla. It's a big monster, and they open up the walls, they knock down the walls and say, there's no monster, you're full of crap, and they knock it down. We don't have any bananas anyway, and it's just a tiny little monkey called a punch. Oh, it's just one little punch monkey. And then it does that classic cartoon thing where all the eyes light up in the dark, and there's mm-hmm. like hundreds of punch monkeys. Mm-hmm. They capture the boys, so... The Punch Monkeys capture the boys. Punch Monkeys capture the boys, yes, thank you. Nick Cage, Dinklage, Ryan Reynolds get captured. They get taken to the monkey lair, (laughs) where we also find out that the little monkeys are harvesting the bananas from Dinklage for a much, much larger monkey. This is... Sorry. Yes, this is the gorilla monster. (laughs) Yes. And the reason that they have to do this is because when Dinklage made his house and his farm he made it so lush and overgrown because he diverted the water from the river to his area yeah so he took the water away from the punch monkeys yeah so it all comes back together um allegory there sure are so there's a few lines of nick cage dealing with punch monkeys like hold tight guy as soon as we get out of this log we'll start swinging and punching our way to freedom and punch monkeys don't speak english or in 
like verbal tongues. Yeah. Yeah. They just punch each other and somehow Ryan Reynolds's character speaks punch monkey, which is yeah. like effectively Dory speaking whale. Exactly. <laughs> um, exactly. So he's just like being hit in the face by the punch monkeys and translating what they're trying to say. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> punch through the art of different kinds of slapping people, silly. Yeah, it's a good there's movie. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. There's a really funny part where Dinklage is like, "All right, screw this. I'm going to I'm going to like fight back against these punch monkeys." And he grabs a stick and he shaves it into a spear and he's like, "Take this." And then all of the monkeys look around and go, okay. And they do the monkey see monkey do where they all grab sticks, yeah. shave them into spears. They're like, ah, crap. And so like, that's a running joke is that Dinklage keeps showing them how to like make their lives worse in this like monkey yeah. lair. Yeah. So there is sort of an inexplicable moment where they like the punch monkeys like Ryan Reynolds. They keep him as a pet, but they make Dinklage and Nick Cage fight each other. And then they, know. they fight. And Nick Cage has a high-pitched screamer down. I don't even remember it. And they're just, like, really quickly really tired and sweaty after, oh. like, not fighting after that long. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. It was it was kind of a weird break in the movie there that they did that. I couldn't tell if they were trying to show that time has elapsed or they were just trying to show that these two people are out of shape. Yeah, maybe. But they were in good shape, I guess. Yeah. They're cave people. But anyway. One is a cave person. Yeah, I guess so. The other one wears flip-flops or some shit. Yeah. So anyway, the smaller punch monkeys realize because they don't have bananas, they're going to dress up these three fellas as bananas and sacrifice the three of them to the large monkeys. So Nick Cage, (laughs) Dinklage, and Ryan Reynolds are all dressed up as large bananas. (laughs) They're sitting in this like sacrificial bowl for this giant. Yeah, for like this giant King Kong hand to come up and grab them. And who comes to save the day at the very end? The girls. The girls who have formed the Thunder Sisters. Uh, That is the name of what granny's old gal pals called themselves and they all come together and they all fight together and they all have funny little names (laughs) i love i forget i forget clark's name but it was like like granny gives everyone like a special yeah like like, a special name like like a special agent name yeah you are fire sister you are the 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 enforcer and she goes to clark duke's character named thunk and she goes you will be named thunk <laughs> and that was i you know there were moments like that I was, silly things like that that yeah. always are the jokes from kids movies yeah for the, for the for the adults exactly so they beat this giant monkey through friendship and love and coming together and family mm-hmm. um i don't think there's anything really major from a nick cage standpoint nick cage and dinklage are now cool they form a bromance and they call themselves the banana bros yeah and uh, they defeat the giant monster. And then there's an epilogue of, well, things are better now between the Croods and the Bettermans. And it's like voiced over by Emma Stone or something. Yeah. And um, the pun- just like her. Thank you. Yeah, I know. I've been working on my Emma Stone <laughs> impression. It was flawless. <laughs> so Nick Cage is a little upset that his daughter's leaving. But then his other daughter, his feral little daughter, says her first words. And so he sheds a little tear as... The little girl says, I forget what it's like. Oh, they they do a a fist bump and they go boomsies. Mm -hmm. That was their thing. Yeah. 
And then uh, Nick Cage discovers banana bread. Circle of life. And we're out. (laughs) And that's the movie. And closing thoughts. We did it. We watched Nick Cage's first animated sequel. Mm. Hopefully his last. It better be. I can't can't imagine. And then like Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah. Okay, that one will get a sequel. Mm -hmm. And he'll likely be in it. That'd be cool. That would be cool. Be watch- I would be happy to watch that one. Oh, you know another one that would be really cool for an animated sequel? No. Uh, Christmas Carol. No. <laughs> Christmas Carol Part even, 2. I'm not entertaining any of this. We'll finally get his story. We'll get the Marley story that we've all been Yeah, because that's what Christmas for. Carol is, is, is missing. More Nicolas Cage. More Nicolas Cage. Oh, my God. Remember that movie? No. Oh, it's a bloody holiday <laughs> in London town. It's Christmas, isn't it? Just oh, the Nicholas anim- Cage, I'm haunting you. <laughs> the animation. The animation Horrid. is the worst thing I've ever seen. Horrid. I could draw better than them. You probably could. I so, am no artist. So we're not here to so talk the about. The Croods too had beautiful <laughs> artist artistry. Yes. Any other closing thoughts? No, it was colorful. It was kids. It was fine. <laughs> I have a few things written down, not as many as last week. Like mm-hmm. I said, Kelly Marie Tran was an absolute delight. Yeah, we didn't really talk about her. Actually, fun fact, she never met Nick Cage while making this movie. That makes sense. Yeah. But uh, so she, people might know her from what people call like one of the worst modern Star Wars movies. And a lot of people don't like her scene so much so that they bullied her off of social media. But like mm-hmm. I said, I think she's great. She was really funny in this. Mm-hmm. I thought this movie had better characters and a better story, even though a lot of it was pretty predictable. Um, better than the first overall. And then, yeah, of this course... This story's been done a hundred times, but, yeah. I mean, it, it always works. Yeah, exactly. It's like... It's a formula. Yeah. Also, killer soundtrack. We didn't talk about it. Uh, it's Jack Black and Tenacious oh, yeah. D. And is it Haim or Haim or Heim or Haim? Haim. The Heim sisters, who they do like an original song for the Thunder Sisters. It was awesome. It was great. Good song. So anyway, those are my thoughts. Any thoughts on my thoughts, Ham? I like music, too. Okay, great. Good talk. <laughs> Let's do some Nicolas Cage Awards, shall we? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who was the best supporting actor? Kelly Marie Tran. I agree with you. What was the best dressed so you've got his... No- okay. Oh, no. I know what it was. Okay. Let it's me br- when he... Oh, sorry. I was going to say, let me break him down for you. You've got your normal grug. You've got the uh, sauna grug. Sauna grug. Where he's he just... He's a carpet for a chest. Yeah. He's got like this crazy amount of chest hair. He's like, it's so hot. It even Dinklage does he the... He goes, take off your pelt. Yeah. And he goes, I already did. Yeah. <laughs> then you've got cleaned up grug. And then you've got banana grug. Oh, yeah. Cleaned up grug. So... Cleaned up Grug has Dinklage's haircut, right? Yeah, he has Dinklage's haircut. He's got like an open Hawaiian shirt with like a turquoise necklace mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. flip flops. And... Ooh, banana Grug. Banana Grug's good too. That's true. We've never we have seen Nick Cage with lush, luscious chest hair before, but we've never seen Nick Cage in a banana costume. Ooh. So I'll give it to the banana costume. Fair, love that. Worst Nicolas Cage scene. Uh, the scene where he and Peter Dinklage are fighting each other and getting tired. Yeah, like really quickly. <laughs> yeah. And I don't really recall what that scene did to I advance the plot. Th- nothing. Yeah. Best Nicolas Cage scene. I need I need examples. What are my options here? Okay, anything in the beginning. Riding the cat, setting up camp, when mm-hmm. they discover tomorrow. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, their mm-hmm. first night at the Betterman's, uh, the sauna, mm-hmm. the dinner scene, uh, mm-hmm. anything to do with the punch monkeys. Dinner scene? I like the dinner scene. It's not a very Nicolas Cage scene, but I like that as a scene. I thought it moved really well. Dinner scene. (laughs) Okay, great. Best Nicolas Cage scream. There's a few contenders. Yes. Let's hear them. The contenders, I think, are... No, you come on, man. Mm -hmm, Or the... mm -hmm. In a minute. Mm-hmm. Or the I was naked at uh, dinner. Oh, I was naked. I don't remember how loud that one is. But like screaming, I was naked. Yeah. And then there's a couple with the punch monkeys where it's like, come on. And then it's Aah! like he's got a high pitch one. I mean, come on, man was probably the best one, but I like I was naked. So we're going to go with that. We're going with I was naked. Okay, great. And then Han, the most nouveau shamanic moment. It's always tough in an animated movie. Yeah, I don't know what his choices were. Hmm. I mean, the delivery of "Come on, man" is just so like it's very quintessential Nicholas Cage. Yeah, that that almost feels like it needs to be his own acting style. Mm. Like that would be a part of his own acting style, the way that he delivered that line, because he delivers many lines that way, and I don't know any other actors who deliver <laughs> lines that way, so it must be <laughs> nouveau shamanic. Fair enough. I'll give it to that. I don't think that there was anything else. That was his choice. That wasn't the animator's choice. Right. Yeah. Like, I love when he becomes, like, more of a caveman when they're eating the food. Oh, yeah. Like, what their faces yeah. look like. Yeah, yeah. They just, like, fully retreat into, like, very basic, like, yeah. life. You know what I mean? Totally. <laughs> it's like, I eat food to live. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah. No, I agree That's with funny. you on that. So, Han, where are we ranking this one for reference? Oh, yeah. Oh, tell me where the other one was. The Croods is at number 40. What's 39? Snake Eyes. Just put it, put it, <laughs> put it right before the Croods one. So, just for reference, we have above Snake Eyes, for some reason, is Between Worlds. Yeah. Do Why? You, I don't know. <laughs> was he, like, particularly cagey in that? I guess he must have been. I don't Which really one remember. <laughs> that one was where he was between worlds, where his dead wife was definitely in this sexy daughter. Oh my body. god! <laughs> yeah, yeah, I liked that one. That's <laughs> <laughs> fine. Just put the crudes together. It's the okay. easy. It's the easiest thing for us to do. <laughs> okay, it's the. E- <laughs> Sorry, I know that I, this shouldn't be. We shouldn't take the easy route, but uh-huh. for this one, it it just makes sense. Yeah, and I mean, you heard it when we talked in the beginning of the podcast about how closely they're rated on yeah. imdb and and stuff like that so it's similar not budget like mm-hmm. they they put an equal amount into both and we got an equal amount out of it i don't know what i'm saying here. <laughs> you good bro i'm so tired oh my goodness it's nine o'clock yeah it's bedtime i woke up early you did wake up early but before you get to go to bed han we have one more topic to discuss and that is berries. next week <laughs> berries berries, berries and what Wow, did we just quote a Starburst commercial? <laughs> we quoted my brother who quoted a Starburst commercial. It came about because Steve and I last night had a whole argument about, about Perry's. It was one of those 
couple things i think where it was definitely only funny to us like if anybody else listened in they'd be really annoyed so i don't think we have to go through the entire art like joking argument that we had about berries last night. i told steve that i wanted to buy some berries today and he said what are you gonna use them for and i said to fucking eat what do you mean but you cut me off after i said four because i was gonna say what are you going to use them for like in a recipe or a smoothie or something like i wasn't sure if you had a recipe in mind no like if you were going to, to wake eat. up and make blueberry pancakes no, or something. No, I went to bed last night and thought, you know what? I really would love some blackberries in my life tomorrow. So I'm going to wake up as soon as the grocery store opens. But you also said like, oh, I need cash tomorrow. So I'll just I'll just get cash back when I get the berries. And I was like, berries? What do you mean? You're like, well, I'm going to get berries tomorrow. And I was like, oh, why are you getting berries? And then you were like, to I need eat, a cash you back. Idiot. And I was like, no, I mean, like, in a recipe or something. No, people eat berries, stupid. <laughs> that was our conversation last night. And like I said, I don't think it's that funny to anybody else. I'm so sorry. But I'm leaving it hilarious. in because I think it's funny. I saved some for you. Thank you. I wasn't asking you to say it. I was just curious if you were going to do something with them or not. No, I ate most of them. I mean, those things go, they they get moldy real quick. They do. You they have sure to do. eat them. You have to eat them in one sitting or else they're just going to get moldy. <laughs> So tomorrow so. morning, I'll have my second share. Hopefully, they don't have mold on them by then. And then I'll need to go out and get another carton when the next time I need cash, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, you know, I know it's it's a lot of work to get buried. It's, hon- it's honest work. <laughs> it's honest work. And speaking of work and labor, next weekend is Labor Day. <laughs> How's that segue? So yeah. next weekend, we are probably going to take the weekend off for mm-hmm. a few reasons. Mm-hmm. One is it's Labor Day. We deserve a break. Yeah, uh, we do. Celebrate yeah, we do. us laboring over this podcast. <laughs> um, but number two, the reason that we'll take off is because next movie we're supposed to watch, according to our list, is a movie called Prisoners of the Ghostland. Now, Prisoners of the Ghostland came out in January 2021, but only at film festivals. So it has not yet been released in the u.s but it will be released in the u.s in like mid-september so here's what i'm thinking ham let me know if this is a good plan next week we we'll, take off we'll do we'll take off for labor day week then after we that willie's wonderland no week after that we'll do our bonus episode of the swear words history oh. of swear words okay and we'll yeah. just sort of fill that in for that week yeah and then we'll do prisoners of the Ghostland, and we'll stay in order okay does that sound good so we have to watch this thing in the movie theater we might have to go to the movies to watch it. It'll probably be on streaming the same day. It'll probably be on like HBO I can't imagine that like an AMC theaters is going to have Prisoners of the Ghost Land. We might have to go to some weird avant-garde movie theater. We're going to have to go to like theater. the Ritz. Yeah, we'll have to go to some weird theater. <laughs> okay. I'll have to bring a notebook to the theater. Oh my God. Yeah. You can't see. I'll do the best I can. Can you imagine if every time you needed cash, you went to the grocery store to get oh, we're still, We're still on this. And on that note... Just remember, we'll always be here for you through Nick and Pen. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care. Okay.